Good morning and uh, welcome to this podcast on Holy Tuesday, which is turning out to be the most amazing, sunny and warm day. I hope you're all well. Uh, Yesterday, I was particularly struck by Rosamond's podcast and uh, her use of alliteration in, um, in talking about goodness, grace and glory. So I thought I would take her lead and look for some alliteration myself to see where it led me. And I turned uh, first to the gospel reading that is often used uh, in these early days of Holy Week. Uh, That's the story of Jesus and the supper in Bethany, the last supper before the last supper, when uh, Mary of Bethany uh, anoints Jesus with costly perfume. So let me read that reading and then I'll explain what... uh, the uh, alliteration I found in it and any meaning that comes from that. John 12, verses 1 to 11. Sorry, 1 to 8. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. There they gave a dinner for him. Martha served and Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who was about to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the common purse and used to steal what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. So my alliteration is to use is to look for the letter P, and we get the poor, the purse, and the perfume, all three of which. I think deserve a little bit of um, reflection. Firstly, the poor. It's been a key part of Jesus' teaching and his example to care for the poor, to reach out to the poor, to be alongside the poor. And so Judas has picked this up and knows that it's a good trump card to play. But there seems to be an important distinction between Judas's attitude of giving charity away to the poor and Jesus's example, which was less about charity and more about being with 
being alongside. And that strikes me as something that is a challenge to all of us. Do we pay lip service to caring for the poor? Or do we actually get alongside those with very little? So that's uh, one reflection. Then the purse. I'm struck in this reading about how much power the person with the purse has. Uh, John accuses Judas here of of being a thief and, and dipping his hand into the purse for his own personal needs. Whether that was true or not, we don't know, but certainly the one who holds the purse has the power. And again, I'm struck with how often those of us with money, with purses of significance, uh, are able to pick and choose uh, when we, uh, when and how we, we spend money and very often use that for a bit of leverage or a bit of power or at least to make ourselves feel good, uh, choosing when to donate to various charities or people or places and um, quite often uh, taking advantage uh, very often subconsciously of the power that gives us again I think uh, we need to reflect uh, both on um, the way in which Jesus sends out his 70 followers in pairs and specifically tells them not to take a purse, uh, perhaps because he realises the dynamics of being affluent and how difficult that is when you need to be alongside people with empty hands ideally receiving from them. We could go further with these reflections on the, um, as it were, the corruption of uh, having purses at our disposal. But the P that uh, John really wants us to focus on in this reading is not the poor and not the purse, but the perfume. It's Mary's act that is the really striking and, in a way, shocking one. This perfume that itself cost a small fortune, uh, being lavishly used to clean Jesus' feet and then using her hair to dry, dry those feet. In so many ways... <laughs> Mary breaks so many taboos. She does it, one senses, instinctively. And instinctively, 
she seems to get it right. Let me just read a sonnet written by the contemporary priest-poet Malcolm Geit, entitled The Anointing of Bethany. Come close with Mary, Martha, Lazarus, so close the candles flare with their soft breath, and kindle heart and soul to flame within us, lit by these mysteries of life and death. For beauty now begins the final movement, in quietness and intimate encounter. The alabaster jar of precious ointment is broken open for the world's true lover. The whole room richly fills to feast the senses with all the yearning such a fragrance brings. The heart is mourning, but the spirit dances, here at the very centre of all things, here at the meeting place of love and loss, we all foresee and see beyond the cross. Mary gets it, the love and the loss. She anticipates Jesus' teaching at the Last Supper, where he himself washes the feet of his disciples. She does this without having to be told. She gets it that Jesus is needing to explain to his disciples about his death and how they need to embrace that death, accept that death. Mary gets that before he tells them at that Last Supper. She foresees and sees that beyond the cross, this relationship of love will continue and will be shared with others as the disciples continue to follow Jesus' example of serving others and being generous with their love. It's such a wonderful act. We could reflect on it for for hours and days and weeks to come. I just invite you to read it for yourselves, to imagine that room filled with fragrance, to sense that initial shock at seeing such a lavish act and then to participate in Mary's love. The poor, the purse, 
and the perfume. And alliteration for Holy Tuesday. And I look forward to Bishop Martin's alliteration tomorrow. God bless.